Hello, I'm Murray Newlands. You're listening to the How To CEO podcast. The world changed when you decided to become a CEO. You can build your dreams or you could crash and burn. This podcast is intended to give you everything that you need to know to become a successful CEO and get advice from amazing CEOs and amazing founders. I'm really excited today to have Agnes from podcorn.fm. I met her previously with her last startup, which was an influencer marketing platform, which was sold to Google. Uh, she's crazy enough to be doing it again. Um, she has a marketplace <laughs> for podcasts uh, where you can buy, as an advertiser, you can buy uh, ads in podcasts and uh, for podcast shows to get advertisers. Uh, I'm sure that's been an amazing experience building that first startup, having a successful exit, uh, and that is only a very tiny percentage of startups are able to do that, and then deciding to be crazy enough to do it again. So Agnes, thank you. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to speak with you. So tell me uh, about how did you get started with your last startup, um, and, and what are you doing now? Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, my, my journey to ad tech was not linear by any means. I, in the sense that um, I did not have a technical background initially, and I um, was not from advertising or marketing space. I actually was from the legal background. And I had founded FameBit while I was pursuing law school. And, and what led me to it is that I had founded a subscription commerce company, just sort of as a hide, side hustle as a uh, starving law student. And um, because I had no money to market it, but I was watching a ton of YouTube, I decided to send my product to a lot of different YouTubers. And within three months, I saw a 20x return. And I wow. saw, wow, um, there's, there's an opportunity here. And my co-founder at the time, uh, who's also my co-founder now, also saw that evolve. And, and we both saw how manual and tedious and time-consuming the process was of trying to find creators and how to contact them and, and manage everything in messy spreadsheets. So we saw an opportunity to create a marketplace to streamline the whole process. So that's what we did. And that was 2013. And within um, three short years, we were able to create a ton of value for the YouTube ecosystem and Google came knocking and, and offered to acquire us. And, and that was obviously um, a life-changing event for, for us and, and for the company. And what kind of personality do you think it takes to become a great CEO? Personality. I think you have to be a little nutty. <laughs> no, I think you have to believe in yourself to, to a really almost nutty sense because there's a lot of people that don't believe in your idea. And so you have to, um, you also have to, I think, be uh, a pretty good salesperson in a sense, like an evangelist. You have to sell your idea to your co-founders, your um, team members, investors. So I think it's um, resilience. I think, you know, you kind of, what I learned is that you show up enough and you don't take no for an answer. And then eventually you'll see something pay off. And, and that's kind of uh, rung true. But yeah, it's definitely being resilient and not giving up and believing in yourself. But also that belief in yourself um, has to be checked with sort of self-awareness um, and, and being able to take criticism and being able to listen and, and learning when to apply what, what you hear. <laughs> and so you're, 
you're going through this again with the same co-founder. What right. do you look for in a co-founder? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think you have to have different skill sets. I mean, for us, it works because he does things that he's good at that I don't want to do and I'm not good at and I do things that I'm good at that he's not. So I think it's, um, it's complimentary. I, he's, you know, very much like a hacker of sorts and I'm uh, very much the evangelist and, and marketing and vision and more on the business side and he's very product um, oriented. So we very, we complement each other really well and you have to have someone that you trust first and foremost. So I think two people is really good. I'm not sure if three or four, I mean, I hear from founders that it starts to get political and it's, it's harder when there's more people because it's hard building trust when, when there's more of you in the room and kind of too many cooks in the kitchen, but two has been, uh, worked really well for us. And yeah, we've, um, once you build a successful company, with someone it's they understand the vision they understand uh, how you're thinking about things so it's been it worked really well for us so you've had a you built a successful company um, you built a marketplace before and mm -hmm. that was a relatively crowded field and you had a successful exit um, given exit good exit to Google presumably you don't have to do this again uh, why this right. business now? Yeah, that is a, a great question. Um, I, it's very addictive to build companies. I think once you're a founder and you create a lot of value and you kind of see the reward of other people using your product and we were able to keep so many lights on for creators and um, got a ton of love letters, so to speak, from, from the creator community about the good we've done. It's, it's very addictive. And the reason we pursued this space in particular is because when we looked at podcasting, we saw it's tremendous growth. I mean, listenership of podcasts is now the highest it's ever been. Over 50% of Americans now listen to a podcast, or to put it another way, um, over 140 million Americans, 20 million more than last year. So the space is growing. The content is at a tipping point of being more engaging, more amazing. But we saw that even though there's now over 700,000 podcasts, 85% of them don't monetize. And that's in the US alone. So the opportunity is huge there from a creator standpoint, but also on the brand side, there is no YouTube ad network that provides straight up monetization to, um, all podcasters and for brands it's even harder to find them because they're fragmented across all different distribution channels so there the opportunity and the challenges are much bigger and I think you know after going through all the growing pains and and taking a company um, from sort of a startup to integrating into a much bigger machine I there's just so much we've learned that it would be a shame not to apply it again and we're very excited to stick within our roots and, and do it much even bigger this time. Having built a company and sold it, are there lessons that you've learned in, in the frame of, of building something to sell? Is that something that you should be thinking? Like, is that something you're thinking about? Is it something that you think about when building this company? And, and can you share any of those lessons? Yeah, so I think um, going through this process, I definitely learned that um, good companies don't get sold, they get bought. So you can't 
try to get sold. I don't think you'll ever be successful if you're building a company to sell it. I think you have to build a company to build value first and foremost, and you have to be extremely stupidly passionate about what you're doing because the the highs are high, but the lows are very low and it's hard to get through it. Um, but in terms of learnings of how to really get to an acquisition, I think, you know, what you learn very early on as, um, as a founder is that you have to look beyond the product. You have to look at so many other things and, and be mindful of, you know, whether you're legally sound, whether you have, you know, enough, um, if, whether your message is enough in the press and you're educating the market, like whether you're really in touch with your users and they're happy and, um, you know, whether your HR is in check and accounting and finance and all these other aspects that you don't think about when you're small, but as you're growing and opportunity does become for you, uh, does come up for you to get acquired. Those are all the things that really, um, uh, make a big difference. So it, I, I guess my advice is to really think about these things really early when you're small. Now, both with uh, with influencer market, traditional influencer marketing, and now with a podcast uh, user base, you're actually also dealing with um, creatives and, and a creative industry. What are the unique challenges for building right. a scalable business where your product is working with um, creative people? Yeah, I think um, that's a very good question. I mean, I think from even a marketplace perspective, the challenge is always keeping a good balance because there's so much diversity in talent and there's so much diversity on the advertiser side. So you want to ensure a high hire rate and you want to ensure everyone's happy and you know that you're providing um, the right tools and the right creative ad formats. So we learned to let go and really open up and say we don't know everything at the beginning also and even though I think it's important to also do a little bit of hand holding at the beginning when you're working with both sides to really understand their pain points. Um, so kind of do things that don't scale in the beginning in order to really um, be able to scale because then you can put the right tools in place if you don't have them. So I think it's just really talking to users. I think you can't build things in a vacuum um, and, and kind of, you know, put out your product and be naive about it that you have everything solved. So it's, it's, it's a constant learning and it's constant talking to, to both sides. And I think the reason I'm personally very excited about podcasting is I think it's a lot more inclusive, not even just of podcasters, because I feel like, you know, the um, barrier to entry is, is lower for podcasters. Like if you have, if you're an expert in a topic and you have something to say, you can pick up a microphone. And I think on the brand side, it's, it's the same. It's inclusive of B2B brands, meditation, education. It's not sort of just companies that have something to say visually. Um, and, the, and because there's so much more real estate within a podcast and more time to go deeper on a subject, uh, it, it takes authenticity and intimacy to sort of like a whole new level. So it's really exciting. So what are some of the podcasts that you listen to? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's obviously so many um, great podcasts in the community. I think majority, just because of the field that I'm in, I listen to mostly business podcasts. So A16Z, Rise and Grind, The Mission, um, Seeking Wisdom is a great one, uh, The Growth Show. So basically anything and everything that's really focused on, on the technical system. 
and obviously this show now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then how do you feel that this community is different from uh, the, we, I think we met at VidCon. How do you feel like the podcast community is different from say the VidCon community? I think, well, I think the, the content is very different. So I think the, even from a creative standpoint, the content formats have not yet been defined for native advertising, for instance. So I think it's going to be very different. I, so I think we're approaching them very differently. It's going to be a lot more inquisitive, more interview style. Like um, we're seeing an opportunity for brands to actually be within a podcast. So podcasters can ask some questions uh, on the, um, it could be panels and roundtables, branded series. Um, so from that standpoint, it's different. And again, from a creator standpoint, I think it allows them to go much more in depth on a subject than video. Like with video, you get excited in about two minutes. But um, with podcasts, you, you have a lot more real estate to, to go deeper. So what are you doing differently in building this company compared to how you did things last time? Oh, well, lots of learnings. I think um, even from a standpoint of product, like we're um, really mindful of, of our learnings in terms of the importance of matchmaking. So we're using machine learning to um, better match podcasters to the right opportunities. As I said, kind of like ensure a high, higher rate for podcasters, ensure that there's a lot of re relevancy in terms of um, the, the podcasters that are betting on opportunities um, also, you know, just mindful of recommending the right pricing and, and just how we're interacting with the ecosystem. And, and also, you know, we learned a lot about building the right team. I think 80% of problems at companies are people problems. And, um, so I definitely think in the past I didn't, I, I, I mean, everybody told me this, but I probably didn't, um, fire fast enough or, or even hire fast enough. So I definitely think those are, those are things we're applying in terms of even how we're thinking about growing the team yeah and so you've you've just set up i checked out your linkedin before we did the show you have uh there's just the two of you listed now uh as you think about growing the team how are you growing the team what are you uh, look for and, and who are you hiring yeah so uh yeah it's not just as it's us and um uh, a few engineers right now but we're big, definitely scaling more on the engineers because we're very tech heavy platform and we're hiring um, sales, community, support, basically all the roles that um, we need in order to keep a really healthy marketplace. And in terms of who we're hiring, um, I think, you know, we're hiring for culture fit first and skill second. We definitely want really brilliant people, but we want people that really fit the culture and that we see we're gonna grow with. Um, in the long term, so people who are very passionate about the creator ecosystem and um, and really really believe in the vision and and also want to be in a startup. It's very different than corporate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if people are listening to this and they take away one thing, um, that's a piece of advice. What would that be? That's a great question. I think it's just pursue something that you're passionate about. Um, but also talk to users early um, and, and get your product out there. And yeah, just, just don't give up. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Excellent, thank you. And if, if people are listening to this and they can do one thing to help you, what would that be? To help us uh, With grow? the company, yeah. 
Oh, just, um, I think sign up. If you're a podcaster, sign up and, um, and explore, I think for, um, for brands to sign up at podcorn.fm. Um, there's extreme value in native branded content and being part of the conversation. It's a win-win for both sides. So, um, yeah, uh, try it. You have nothing to lose, especially podcasters. You can price yourself. So it's an opportunity for you to make a lot more uh, revenue than, than you do through traditional advertising. Yeah. Excellent. Agnes, thank you very much. Uh, congratulations on launching the new venture. Thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, I'm Murray Newlands, your host of How To CEO. Uh, thank you for subscribing and I look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye.